long will we be in there for? Three hours. Like three days. You must ask me the same questions 50 times. You told them? Just like we talked about, we're training at the dojo. I still don't think they believe me. My guess is he's got a lawyer by now. They can hold him for 48 hours without charging him. And then you're going to be waiting for him when he gets out. That's right. What if he wins? Then you better take the first bus out of town. It is you. I'm sorry about your wife, Mr. Markham. How sorry are you? They told me inside you weren't going to testify. They said you told them you weren't even there. There's nothing I can do. You can tell them the truth, damn it. You'll have your justice. Trust me, it's better this way. Better for who? What? Are you afraid? Or, or did he buy you? Whatever it is, I'll match it. Go home, Mr. Markham. You son of a bitch, you can't let him walk. I said go home. You're gonna let him get away with killing my wife? You're nothing but a damn coward. Okay, you rough me up. Make it look good, okay? <laughs> Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. And this is Eamon. And this week we are going to be scut. We're going to be scussing. We're going to be Yo, sc- guys, let's scuss this up. Let's scuffle. Scuss me up. <laughs> make it look good, okay? Yeah, make it look good. Scuss me up. We're going to be talking about... Yeah, scuss me, Eamon. Uh, okay. Scuss me. Scuss me. Scuss me. Guys, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to be talking about Season 4, Episode 8, Reluctant Heroes. This episode first aired November 13th, 1995. And the director of this episode is Neil, spelled with two L's. What? Fearnley, and this is another new name, another new director. And I also would like to point out that near near Fearnley was born Neil Fearnley, spelled with one L, and he changed what it. What the fuck? I, I I don't know if that is a union thing. Like you know, you're not supposed to have the same name as somebody else. Uh, I believe. Is that true? Yeah. What if you're born John Smith? You got to change it, bro. Fuck. That's like Michael Keaton. What's Michael Keaton's real name? Keaton ain't cheating. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know what is Michael it? Douglas. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking. No. What? Yeah. And he changed his name to Michael Keaton. He had to. I believe. Wow. That's like the rule. Fair enough. Yeah. Neil with two L's. How about ass with one hole? <laughs> <laughs> I stole that joke from Jimmy Pardo. <laughs> it was about the name Bill with one L. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is his only Highlander episode. Uh, he did no. some. <laughs> he did some Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, World of Worlds with Adrian Paul, Neon Rider. Uh, he also did one episode of the Adrian Paul show, Tracker, which is oh, like the alien. Tracker. Oh yeah, it's not Man Tracker though. Man What's Man Tracker? Tracker? You've never seen Man Tracker? No, no. It's the best. It was like a reality show on the Science Channel. But you, now that it's a reality show, I'm like really like, wait, what's Man Tracker? <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a Canadian, a former Canadian Mountie. He hunts you through the wilderness. That's at like a game show, huh? It's 
That's yeah. pretty cool. Man Tracker. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> His name is. He also did a lot of a show called One Eight Hundred Missing, which I assumed was like a you know uh, America's most most wanted esque show, like a reality mm-hmm. thing. It is not. It is a show as IMDb describes as two FBI agents, one guided by reason and another by intuition, looking for missing people in Washington D.C. Starring Vivica A. Fox. Whoa, Vivica <laughs> A. Fox. That's right. He also directed some episodes of the TV series Witchblade, based on the hit Top Cow comic. Mm. Also, is that a porn comic? R. L. Stein's Borderline Witching <laughs> Hour. Ooh, a lot and, of witch-related stuff. And I have a note: it looks awful. <laughs> and finally, most recently, he did a bunch of what are called garage sale mysteries, which are like made-for-TV movies starring Laurie Laughlin from Full House. Oh. And another star in all of them, like it's a series uh, they do every once in a while, is Jay Brazu, Braz, whatever his name is, who was... Uh, Zazu, the talking, Zazu from, yeah. <laughs> the talking parrot. Uh, is the guy from Bad Day in Building A. Uh, what was his name? Stosh. Stosh Kaminsky. Oh, wow. So it must be a Vancouver-based show. Fair enough. Garage Sale Mysteries. So that's Neil... Fearnley. <laughs> this episode was written by Scott Peters. And uh, this is another new writer, and this is his first of three Highlander episodes. So at least this guy sticks around. Yeah. Uh, he's done a bunch of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And Are a, You, though? And a bunch of the original Goosebumps show. Oh, fair enough. Including one episode called My Best Friend is Invisible. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> and more recently did a few episodes of The 4400 Show and The V Reboot. So oh, cool. Yeah. The V Boot? The V Boot. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I love it. So let's talk about guest stars. Peter Outerbridge as Paul Kinman. He was Joseph Grohl in Cool Runnings. Whoa. Who I believe was like one of the, the, the villains, like the Swiss guy. Oh, one of the Swiss guys. Yeah. Or the, were they German or Swiss? Germans? Or I thought Swiss? they were Swiss. Swiss? Yeah, I think Swiss. Does Germany have bobsledding? I guess maybe they do. I, I mean, they've got, they've got money, which <laughs> is In a movie say. about Jamaica having bobsetting, I think Jeremy has <laughs> bobsetting, too. <laughs> yes, uh, He also played Parker in Time Cop. <laughs> oh, that's probably where I recognize Yeah, and he played the character of Henrik Johansson in Orphan Black. Ooh, I have not watched Orphan Black. I've heard people it's good. People like it, though. Yeah, people like it. Uh, but he's also done a ton this. of people other stuff. Uh, so, yeah, long IMDb credit. Good job. For Peter Outerbridge. What about Peter Innerbridge? Our inner bridge. This episode also guest stars Kevin McNulty as David Markham. Uh, this guy's been in, like, everything. Uh, he's done 21 Jump Street. Ernest Goes to School. <laughs> yeah, everything. Uh, everything. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Did I say he played Parker in Time? I said I switched them up. I said the guy Peter Outerbridge was Parker in Time Cop. Wrong. What? It's this guy. It was Kevin McNulty was Parker in Time Cop. Whoops. Sorry, guys. He's a law and order fanatic. That's right. He's a time and order fanatic. Uh, but this guy's already been in a Highlander episode. He played the character of Harry Dawes in Revenge is Sweet. I don't, I don't kind of remember who this character who the was. Who was Harry Dawes? I don't know. Who was Harry Dawes? I don't remember. Who was Harry? That sounds like an episode title. Who was Harry Dawes? That sounds like one of those Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes. And he's been in tons of other stuff. Harry Dawes. The Harry Dog. And finally, this episode guest stars Jill Teed as Kayla Brooks. She was in X-Men 2, Battlestar Galactica, uh, SG-1, and lots of the Flash Mm. Gordon show, which has a lot of Highlander connections, Mm. I believe. Like, I think David Tynan was a producer and writer on the Flash Gordon reboot. So there you go. And she was also Agent Fuller in the X-Files. Bam! Are we ready for the IMDb episode description? Let's do it. Duncan and Richie foil an attempted murder by a mortal kinman, but the intended victim's wife is killed by a stray bullet, and Richie doesn't understand why Duncan won't testify against kinman. 
In flashback to 1712 England, Duncan is unable to prevent Kinman from goading a young friend into a duel and then killing him. Meanwhile, in present day, hold on, how can it be a flashback and meanwhile, meanwhile in, in present, present day? day? What? Good question. I mean, it, it by mean, that logic, is, everything is meanwhile. I mean, is the meanwhile a reference back to Richie not understanding? Richie's not understanding <laughs> something meanwhile. Meanwhile. <laughs> meanwhile, in present day, the victim's husband calls Duncan a coward for refusing to fest. Festify? Testify. To festify. Festify. That's when uh, you get a wound and it festers while you're talking. Festify. That's when you're festifying. All right. Let's talk about how this episode opens. We're on a bridge outside a theater. We're on an inner bridge, an outer bridge. <laughs> That's right. So Mac and Richie have just gone. They had a little movie date together. Dude, a foreign film festival. They're seeing the cinema. And Richie, surprisingly enough, is not a fan of foreign films or subtitles. You'd think he would be just for the amount of, like, TNA <laughs> yeah. in foreign movies. That's yeah. True. It's a good I don't point. Know if you saw that kind of movie. The cousin, movie Cousins Lit Down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what very good. And Mac and is like, oh. They have a 20-minute long conversation about Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. movies. Well, if you just have great lines like, oh, so la vista, baby. Yeah. So Mac is a snob. Mac doesn't like action or, I'll movies. I'll be back. So Mac gets the buzz, and there's this guy, Markham, who is, like, I don't know, sweeping up outside his, like, little store or whatever, right? Yeah, he's got flowers. And this ski mask dude approaches. Soon, like, a balaclava comes up, yeah. and it's like... And another man is leaving, and... A limousine guy or whoever says, right this way, Mr. Petrovic. There's like three figures at play here. Why? Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, seriously, why does this go down this way? Why does... Like, why is he shooting him from across the street? Why is Clinton shooting him from across a crowded street when, like, surrounded by witnesses while a guy who hired him is Is fucking Is right there? I don't don't know. Why on earth, on what planet would you orchestrate a hit this way no, this no, no. is well we've talked about that seacover might not be on the planet right? yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's on zeiss this is yeah. how you do this things on zeiss, zeiss man, man. Yeah. this is nuts why would you do this and he's like a professional assassin yeah and this, this is, is his, like this is his plan a this is his goddamn job Kyler is weeping he could literally yeah. <laughs> he could walk into this place and just put a gun to his face and blow him away and he doesn't he could yeah. do all kinds of things but this is like he does the most perilous and least likely to succeed <laughs> thing i need you to be at the scene of the crime <laughs> guy who hired me mac because he gets the buzz is like alerted to some the fact that this shit on. is going on so he sees yeah. the guy with the gun and he tackles no! Markham. And so he shoots off a bunch of shots. Things seem to be okay. Mac and Richie run after the assassin. And then Markham's wife comes out holding like a bag of rice. Yeah. I was a little confused at first what even happened. Like the way it's this not is shot. obvious that she's been shot. That's what, yeah. yeah, like she I thought she fainted. Like I, I thought she too. didn't know what happened and was like, oh, and like dropped. And I was like, it took like the way it's like lit and it was not clear that like she had blood. When she's on acting her. like a zombie. <laughs> yeah. Then when she dies. His no is so ridiculous. Did anyone during the shooting hear the high-pitched man screaming in the background? No. I could not discern what he was saying, but it sounds like he's screaming, Now UK! (laughs) And I don't know what that means. Now UK. Now UK. That's what I wrote down. So Mac catches up. In a parking garage. Probably the parking garage we've seen a million times. And then uh, it looks for a second, for just the briefest moment, just the, the, the faintest flash in the pan. Like, Richie's going to be allowed to do a thing. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Instead, he sees Mac and is like, oh, well, fuck you, Richie. I'm going to go deal with yeah. this guy. Yeah, so this guy, like, draws his sword, and Richie has his sword out. But then Mac pops up behind him. 
they know each other. He's like, can it be? That is the question. I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, what does that work? What, what does that, that mean? mean? I thought to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that? I thought that was the question. So these guys know each other, and Kinman backs himself into a corner, <laughs> and then professional assassin Kinman yeah. backs himself into a corner. Then the cops come in. Yeah. Then there's like sirens, so they're gonna break it all up, and the cops like arrest him in like the stairwell. Yeah. And we- Mac and Richie just are like. Off to the side, like, and they and don't I, search the area. Yeah, this is some piss poor police work. It's and Kidman, they just catch him with a sword. I don't know how they know. And he's it's like, him. hey, give me that thing, and he's like, it's called a sword, right? <laughs> like, why do they think it's Kidman? Just out of curiosity. No, they're just looking for anyone. I don't know. I guess they are filed because at some know. point he dumps the ski mask. Like he rips dumps the, ski the ski mask, and apparently also dumped the gun. He throws it yeah. in that truck. Which wouldn't they be able to find that? Sure, if they did their job and searched the yeah. area, maybe. But maybe not. I can give it to them that they wouldn't find it. Sure, mm-hmm. maybe the truck drives away before they got to search. Yeah, but I just have no idea why they think it's Kinman. I mean, he does have a sword, and that's very suspicious. Yeah. Although I guess he also, I guess, is a known suspect. Yeah, but I don't know. But if I don't think these cops them. know that at all. Yeah, they're responding to a shooting. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> but I mean, he's a, uh, they catch him with a sword. He's under arrest. I accept it. Yeah, he gladly goes with them. And Mac and Richie are just hiding a few feet away, like literally right there, a few feet away. They can yeah. hear him breathing. Apparently, like, oh, this one guy we found him. So search is over. Yeah, we don't definitely don't need to find those two guys who were chasing. Him. Yeah. All right, so then we get the opening credits. So that's our cold open. After the opening credits, we cut to the Victorian house, the new digs Mac has been in. I was like, oh, he still has that. Yeah, right. Cool. Forgot about that. (laughs) So they're working on the porch this time. Richie shows up with a newspaper and some sad news. And Mac goes, hey, Rich, what's up? And I I was like, what, Rich? Rich, we're trying that out? Uh, He continues to try it out the whole episode. I don't know if that was a push to be like, Richie's a more mature character now, so let's call him Rich. Because, yeah, he calls him Rich later. It's like, yeah. all right. So the grocer's wife is dead, as yep. confirmed by this newspaper. And the police are also, the paper says, looking for, like, or Mac and Richie. Richie yeah. Right. Well, Mac is like, we weren't there. And, you know, Richie's like, what do you mean we're not, like, he doesn't understand what, what do you mean we weren't witnesses to this. Like, we should go forward or whatever. He says, we can't afford the attention, and this guy, Kinman, is really that good. He doesn't want Richie to go after him. Right. Or to face him. Boo, I say. So I like the way this is cut. I like this little transition. We get a flashback. Mac is like hammering what I have have written down as a pointless nail. This nail serves no purpose. (laughs) But it's a cool cut to like a croquet mallet. So the queen is playing croquet in England in 1712. Ooh. Look at that. Mac and his young foppish friends are... Dennis. Dennis. They're discussing the situation with the Scots. So there's some tension here, and Scottish soldiers are are dying on French soil. And they're concerned that there will be a Scottish rebellion if the French situation is not resolved. Right. And the the young Dennis is really pushing his luck with the Queen here. Yeah. He doesn't really have the kind of social tact he needs to be negotiating. During a croquet match. So eventually he kind of blows this whole thing, and the queen is like, you're a fool, I do not associate with fool with fools, and bounces on the game. That's that. Right. So then they're in a tavern, and Max like, I agree with what you say, but it's how and when you sit, is what he's saying. <laughs> and also, I don't know, remember the context, but people use the phrase, I don't care one whit, like six times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care one whit. Protect <laughs> one way. It's kind of interesting. I thought that Mac is the level-headed one here. Like typically, like this young, younger Mac. Although this is not too young, 
he tends to be like the hot-headed, passionate one. Right. But in this circumstance, right. he is like very level-headed about mm. this, which I thought was interesting. And Max there on behalf of the Scottish clans? Yeah. He's like a delegate of some kind. I, I don't know how the Scottish, like... Elected him? <laughs> yeah, or like I, I kind of don't know the governmental structure of yeah. Scotland, like being there on behalf of the clans. Like at what point were they a unified country and the respect that they would elect an official to and how would it be mac right mac. he's an outcast well he did help with what's his name bonnie prince uh, charlie that's, that's true. true yeah that's a good point though he was murdering all the british back then <laughs> yeah now he's kind of working with them a little bit was, uh, that, was that later i don't even i don't know i get a bad sense of all this <laughs> so kinman walks in and He's like a very foppish. He's ultimate fop. Yeah, he's got kind of like Enter white powdered face. Pants. Yeah. It's her fancy pants. <laughs> and fancy pants comes in and he's like, Ugh. yeah, he holds his handkerchief to his nose. I love all of this. He's doing that like throughout the whole episode. He's always yeah. like, holding his nose. I don't know. This guy, he's got some character to I'll him. I'll say it now. I like this villain. I'm. Yeah. I like this guy. He's quite arrogant. He's like, I'll have an ale if you have any that's fit to drink. <laughs> yeah, he's a real piece of shit. He looks down on all the commoners, and he even shoves it in Dennis's face. Like, he's like, hey, we're just drinking with friends. And he's like, these are your friends? Like, how many of your friends play, play like, croquet with the queen? Trying to, like, shove this division among them, which is interesting. Yeah, it's all part of a long act. Yeah. Dennis, like, grabs him by the, I don't know what you would call it, lapel or whatever, and spills some beer on him. And then a challenge is, like, put forth. Yeah. I like all the writing here. I feel like they do a like it's a little Shakespearean in a way. I don't like know the, the insults. Yeah, the insults and it's very like witty. I suppose I don't know. I like the rhythm of all of this. I was like, ooh, I, I could live in this little time period for a while with the show. But uh, so Kinman, yeah, is there to pick a fight, and so they decide they are going to fight. Dennis and Kinman are going to fight at noon tomorrow. Then we get a cut to tea time, and Mac is there in a fucking dope coat. This like black buttoned up number. With long tails, and he is there to beseech Kinman to just do the duel to first blood. Because he says there's no honor in fighting a man when the advantage is yours. Tis sport and nothing more. But Kinman and says he never fights for sport. That's true. There's this uh, recurring theme again. It's like, what do you care? He's not one of us. Like, right. Let him, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Kinman says that Dennis has to apologize and never talk again. Yeah. Is that part of the deal? Just out? I think that's just out. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't matter, because he never had any intention of honoring this deal. He's right. just trying to get Mac off his Well, also, this case. person that Kinman's having tea with is the Earl of Wesley, and this guy's, like, goading the fight, too. He's like, you know, do a good job of it tomorrow. Like, Dennis is entirely too friendly with the Scots. He needs to be taught a lesson. So, like, you get, like, Kinman is, like, acting on behalf of these, like, other parties, parties. to, like, incite a war, it would seem. It's implied later that part of it is to quell any dissent to the war with the French. Right, yeah. Because, so yeah, a- he wants this war to happen. So we cut to, I guess, noon at the dueling ground. It's a nice little flowered area. <laughs> sure is. Dennis cuts Kinman's ascot. I was There's curious about... tons of bowing in this. They're always, like, Kinman's, like, that's one of his things. He even did it. I didn't realize he did it until I saw him do it in the past, when oh. it was more obvious. He's always, like, doing this little, like, kind of bow that's also, like, part, ta-da! <laughs> like, that's the kind of the thing where it's, like, one leg is extended. And he's, like, he does it, like, four times during this duel. Hey, those are affects I can maybe get behind. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not that apparent. Yeah. No spiders. Oh, but also he doesn't unleash a coat full of spiders. <laughs> like mid duel, no, spider attack. That, no, because it's snakes. Yeah, <laughs> it's snakes. 
This is a reference to last week's episode, The Colonel, if you haven't seen it. Part of me, when I was watching this, was wondering what motivation Kinman has for eventually killing Dennis in this fight. We're told later by Victoria that he was paid to kill Right, That's right, because he's on their payroll or whatever. Yeah. At first, I was curious if it had anything to do with him cutting the ascot. Oh, because now it's, he's mad. Because it's near his neck. And I was like, wow, if this is a duel of first blood, I was like, a swipe at the neck is like kind of like... That's like, that's like the sweep the leg. It's like, whoa, like yeah. illegal move. Like that's a death stroke. And especially for Kinman yeah. and for Kinman, if that was like, hey, like I'm going to treat this seriously now because you could have really killed me. But it turns out that that's not true. He was going to kill him. No yeah, matter what. Right. that's an interesting point, though. Then uh, Kinman does manage to scratch Dennis's face. Right. Thus ending the fight. Ending the and there's a judge there who rules that that's fine. That's, that's fine. Honor's been satisfied. And Max, like, good job, Denny. And then, we'll th- then he fucking slam. starts, Kidman starts dropping yo, like, yo mama no jokes. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, next time your sister should come to give me a real fight. <laughs> Last time I saw your sister, she sat on a rainbow and Skittles popped out. <laughs> <laughs> your sister's teeth are so yellowed when she spits its butter. <laughs> uh, and then he, then he does deliver a yo mama reference yo mama perhaps your mother would be like to be entertained by like as well right yeah implying he's gonna Gonna either fight or fuck his mother yeah and dennis is like no (laughs) so and quick as a flash you kind of it's like you almost can't see what happened so he kind of lunges at him and kidman does like unclear he does it's like like a samurai move or something (laughs) it's like what and he somehow like it doesn't even look like this blow would be a killing stroke but, but he just falls over. Yeah. Which I, mean, I think this is supposed to be the origin of, like, he's good. Yeah. Right. right. Like, this guy's real good. But not good with guns. No. No, he just... <laughs> good or with strategy, or knowing <laughs> when to strike. Yep. And not get arrested. Uh, but I guess this is also, like, a legal move. Like, the judge is there and rules, I guess, that, like, this was an attack from... Like, this is all being done under the guise of some sort of civility. Right. right. Well, so I think at this point, it's, like, not really even part of the duel. The other guy just attacks him. Right. So, like, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, and he did. He did. He did. He did. So we cut to the present back at the new house, and Mac and Richie are working on this, and FBI agent Brooks shows up. Uh, FBI agent Ann Lindsay shows up. Yeah. <laughs> agent Ann Lindsay. She looks, is it just me or she look a lot <laughs> no, like Lisa? She, does. She, she looks like Lisa Howard. She does. Which just makes it surprising that Mac doesn't instantly move on her. But. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, oh, how can I help you? And she is tracking down a lead. For two guys with a Thunderbird, one with a ponytail, and one young. And one with a blue shirt, which Richie is still wearing. wearing yeah. Richie just has one shirt. One shirt. He's <laughs> like, well, you are right. I do smell terrible. <laughs> so she says the bureau, bureau, the bureau has been tracking him for five years, and they've never had enough for an arrest? You're bad at your job. I guess this guy's so. not a good assassin. But Richie and Mac are just continuing to measure wood. They will not speak Metaphorically up. Metaphorically or literally? Both. <laughs> but they, she says, like, you guys are the only person, people that saw him. But it's like, when you, when you the person you saw commit a crime had a ski mask on right so i i don't know yeah why does what, she what are they that? gonna id like yeah. i think it's kind of impossible also like the grocer saw him right or a no. guy in a ski mask yeah all i'm saying is you see a guy in a ski mask run into a garage you enter the garage you find one and only one person that person is armed you arrest him you definitely have enough oh sure you have enough for charges like they may not stick you might lose them but you could definitely arrest that man yeah like just saying it right now like the notion that they don't have enough on this guy 
seems strange to me. And she also is like, oh, like, you don't want to talk to me. That's fine. Like, you can talk to the local cops about it. It's like, what? Like, are there, like, how does that work? Like, are there two investigations going on? The local cops arrested him. Like, she's investigating Quinman for being, like, some international jet-setting assassin. Right. Right. So there's still just, like, a local murder charge? I don't know how, I don't know how those, like, things work. Like, when the FBI get involved, there's still two investigations generally well sometimes like the fbi will supplant local people that's i think what i was wondering was like is that happening when she comes to town does she take over the investigation it doesn't seem like she does like it seems like they're going side by side right because fbi doesn't really have jurisdiction over most murder trials it's like because they're not federal crimes the fact it's the fact that he's like a professional assassin probably operating across straight state lines and things like that that makes it federally relevant. Two things I'd like to point out. One, international assassin hired to kill local store owner. <laughs> who took out a loan. Who took out a loan. <laughs> like, what? Like, overkill on this. Yeah. Like, unnecessary. Two, as we will find out later in this episode, she is having an affair with Mr. Kinman. What's she doing at Max's place? Like, why is she following these leads? Is she trying to... That's a great question. Like, what is the point? Like, Is she trying to find out if he knows it's him so she can, like, get rid of him? Yes, I think that's actually it. Because she doesn't... She wants to know what he's going to tell the cops. Because as she pointed out... Okay. The local police will... Haven't asked him yet. Haven't asked him, and they probably will eventually. They'll eventually find him. Okay, I can buy into that. Because I was trying to think the whole time. It's like... Why are you trying to find these people? But yeah, to find what he knows is a good... So she's probably secretly thrilled that he... Doesn't want to talk to the cops. Talk. Very good. All right, that makes sense. I'm on board. But then they are arrested and are not arrested, but taken in for questioning for three hours. Why? Just say no, Mac. Just say no. You're allowed to not go. You're just a, Well, also not- at this point, Richie has asked Mac, like, hey, like, you know, don't you want to go testify or whatever? Mm-hmm. See him put away? And Mac's like, I want to bury him. And it's yeah. like, oh, shit. Where? And I love the cut that Saw kicks yeah, in. It's like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. This is intense. Yeah. Okay, so let's Automatically about- contradicting last, last week's, week's episode. episode. <laughs> Gotta face mortal justice. There is a, a crime in the mortal world. You must face a mortal justice. Immortal justice, God's among us. Not this time, though. This was all me. Okay, so let's talk about their questioning. They're at the Metropolitan Police Station. Just <laughs> leave. Yeah. Just leave. You don't have to talk to them. Man, I thought they were never going to let us go. And their alibi is they were both working out at the dojo. <laughs> yeah, that's thing. They don't have to speak to them, but you aren't allowed to lie to them. You're, you're allowed to not answer a question. Like, that's a thing you're allowed to do. Yeah. You are not allowed to lie to investigators. Like, they have now committed, instead yeah. of just keeping their oh, mouth shut, wow. they've now committed a crime. Interesting. What the hell are you doing? Good job. <laughs> Good job, guys. You feel like they would have gotten used to dealing with police by now. Yeah. They need to they, give them the Lambert treatment. Like, yeah. I don't know. Is it, what is that? A sword? Like, yeah. Cruising for some ass. We were cruising for some ass. <laughs> like, we think you should come downtown. No. Interesting. So outside the police station, they are confronted by Mr. Markham. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, I getting... hate this character. <laughs> He's a fucking douche. He's <laughs> such <is>. an asshole. <laughs> McLeod, so it is you. Why won't you testify for my wife? Are you scared? Is it money? I like the idea that, like, are you scared? Like, yeah, that's a good reason. Like, that's a great reason. This guy, you didn't fucking pay him money, and he came after you with guns. 
And what Mac is doing is like far worse. Like you could get somebody put in jail. Yeah. You don't think he's coming after you with a lot of stuff? Like you, you should be scared. Like, yeah. yeah. Witness. He does want to be in witness protection. Yeah. Then he jumps from "Are you scared?" to "Were you paid off?" Which is insulting. That is insulting. And then he sticks a gun in his face. Yeah. It's just like brut. <laughs> in a police station parking Front of a lot. Police station. He's grieving. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the sixth stage of grief. Pulling guns, guns. on yeah. strangers. Max kind of th- this pulling guns of- on the man that literally saved your life. <laughs> and Max, Max fucking owns this. Dude. This is great. He yeah. just looks so he's so nonchalant about yeah. it too. He's just like, ugh, give me that. Although I do like this moral conundrum. The idea that for the mortal, so- the mortal side of this equation of justice is getting this guy in jail, but the immortal side of this equation is killing him. But you can't tell the mortal guy what justice really is without revealing the secret. Right. Like it's Which, this idea, like you so have. Like, Richie points out later, it's right? Like, but you have to him? keep it he'll secret. He'll never know. Yeah, like he'll never know that this has been dealt with and live his whole life thinking that because you didn't testify, his wife's killer got away. Yeah, yeah. It does present an interesting question about like, well, what is justice? Like, is justice a, a personal thing? Like, how is co- justice like cosmically served? Is it ever a cosmic thing or is it just a personal thing? I suppose. Like, <laughs> or is the if communal this, thing? I, yeah, like communally. Justice isn't being served. It's only privately being served for Duncan. Right. For wrongs that he's the only one who still remembers. Yeah. Hundreds of years ago. Right. So at this point, we get the clip that was at the top of the episode where Mm. Markham calls him a coward. Actually, this whole thing was the clip at the the top of the episode. So now we get a flashback to 1712 in the Queen's Pavilion. And Mac is going there after Dennis has died. And they are trying to hash all this shit out. And the Queen is kind of explaining, like, all these parties involved, like... This is like some Star Wars Episode Two level yeah. uh, Star Wars politi- episode, yeah. like politics going on here. Discord is alive with treachery. <laughs> Once again, intergalactic trade is an issue. Jacobites, Tories, Whigs, and French agents are trying to destroy any type of peace. Right. Queen Anne says, my people are divided. I will not give them a battle between a Catholic Scotsman and a Protestant Englishman. So I was like, oh, is Max Catholic, I guess? Or just by virtue of being Scottish, it's assumed. Probably. Maybe. I mean, that's like, I mean, sure. Probably. Like, yeah, in those yeah. days, like, your religion was very much dictated by where you live. And because... Max was reading the Bible in the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> Body of Christ. <laughs> oh. I, was, I always figured Mac for a papist. <laughs> Mac is, like, literally begging the queen to let him fight Quinman. Right. And she's like, no. And she's like, you can't ask me not to do it. She's like, Yes, I can. I'm the queen. She says, I haven't known it here in the most over-the-top British voice ever. She goes, there is more at stake than your pride. <laughs> That's not even close to British. What am yeah, I doing? That? Uh, your pride. <laughs> she turns into a turkey. Yeah. An English turkey. English turkey. She orders him not to fight King Kinman. And then he makes a... He, he's gotten better with his promises over the years because he makes a more subtle promise here. He's yeah. like, as long as the queen reigns, I will not fight him. And he adds that little piece as she's walking away. It sounds threatening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it does. Like he's going to kill the queen. queen. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls out a gun and shoots her. So we now cut back to that tavern. And they're having like a little uh, toast to fallen Dennis. But in comes the nobleman and Kinman. Sir Fancy Pants returns. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're once again disgusted by this tavern. And he now decides to take this same shtick with Mac. 
He's like, oh, he died like a stuck pig. I and fucking like, love this. This is such yeah. go- such a good, like, great shade thrown, Max Way. He's like, oh, okay. Like, he, he plays it off so, like, nonchalantly. Like, I'm having a gentleman's conversation. He's like, can you settle a bet with us? Like, he says he died like a man. I say he died like a pig. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, you asshole. And Max That's like, like mm-hmm. nope, nope. And Mac, like, every Savage. cell, every cell in his body, yeah. like... Wants to strangle Kinman. So Mac walks away, and of course now all the tavern goers are pissed at Mac for like, yo, you gonna let him like, listen out? Yeah, yeah say that like shit about your bro. And so now I kind of like the way it's all cut together. Like everyone's yelling coward, and it's also like cutting to the, the present. crowd. Really turns on <laughs> <Yeah>, him <they laughs> instantly. The waitress is like, you coward. Ah. Oh, and once again, this actually this interaction in the bar echoes this conflict in the present day. Like, because none of these He's the, got a reason for not engaging. Which is, like, kind of more noble than what everyone sees. It's like, no, like, there's politics at play. I cannot fight this guy. But I cannot also reveal kind of, like, there's, like, traitors in our midst and all this sort of shit. So yeah, I just right. have to walk away and deal with being yelled at and called a coward. So I think right. that's, like, a very interesting It is. It's thing, cool. Conflict for a person to have. Especially Duncan McLeod. He's all about that pride. Got the, got well, that's, he, that's been an accusation thrown at him before. So. Many a time. Mm. Okay. In the future, Kinman's being interrogated by the FBI. And Kinman kind of looks like a Bobo James Spader. So it's not going that well. He's not... She's trying to convince him, like, oh, we got you dead to rights, blah, blah, blah. Did you hear they got Danny Rothstein in Philly? Yeah. Oh, bummer, Philly man. Murder. Sorry about <laughs> Poor that, Danny. Danny. He's just like, bullshit. If you had anything on me, I'd have already been arraigned. Right. I would not be here being questioned by you. So then she pulls out a gun and sticks this it in his face. This is insane. And, and I it- guess there's no recording. And we already we actually discovered later that there's a one-way mirror in the room. So luckily no one's, no one's watching, one's watching this. Except <laughs> for like her partner who has to like talk her out of shooting him in the face. You know what? At, two things. At first, I was a little co- confused. Like I thought this was... A shtick, like a good cop, bad cop, although like an extreme ver- version of it. Like, hey, like you better fucking tell us. And I was like, oh wow, that's the angle she's playing. Like, but she doesn't get that this isn't threatening to him because he's immortal. Mm-hmm. But like, no, it seems to be like a legitimate. Like, oh, I'm insane. I'm gonna kill this guy because I've been hunting you for years. Yeah, to convince her partner. <laughs> I guess it's insane that, that to convince her partner that she is unstable and should not have a badge or a gun. Certainly a gun. It's yeah. bonkers. Oh my god! And, and then, also, wait, Kyle, you mentioned that he realizes that like they've got nothing on him. That's why he's not worried. Can we talk about the dialogue here? He's like, I'd be in front of a judge right now, not sitting here talking to you. And then he holds up a closed fist and he goes, "Watch this! Oh, and this! He, <laughs> this fucking one!" And he pulls his sleeve down, and he's like, "Nothing." up my sleeve look what's in my hand why it's nothing and it's exactly what you have yeah. I'm like oh, what god. the fuck very elaborate for not much fail. <laughs> yeah what's a, oh god it's the, the space balls joke it is you have your father's brothers sisters cousins former roommate does that make us absolutely nothing which is what you are about to become <laughs> it's like that ridiculous so she has this gun in his face and then frank is his name frank it is uh, spiritual frank. frank he has to like talk her down and he's like okay i'm gonna leave you here with this Alone man like, why is this insane why well, go to the, my car and get some scotch <laughs> <laughs> this is so irresponsible like she should be leaving yes she should be leaving 
the Federal Bureau of Investigations. <laughs> yeah. Once that's done, she grabs him by the hair and, and sticks fucking... her t- and sticks her tongue down his throat. Yeah. This is like the thirstiest kiss. It's like ever. a super intense makeout sesh. Yeah. With in front of a, 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 a two-way a, mirror. Two-way mirror. A lot so of open way... mouth disgustingness. Serious question: Is it a two-way mirror or a one-way mirror? Oh. I screw this up all the time, and I'm not sure which one is one. Correct. One way. I thought it was a one-way mirror. But this is like the falling way. off the wagon or on the wagon yeah. discussion. <laughs> I, which is it? Uh, you, if it's, it's one, one way. Because it only reflects in one direction. A two-way mirror is like a normal mirror. <laughs> well, a two-way mirror is, mirror is mirrored on both sides, I guess. Right. No, Mir- but it's not mirrored on the mirror other mask. side. Yeah, that's why it's a one-way mirror. No, no, no. It's only mirrored in one direction. It's that's a, my theory. A see-through mirror. <laughs> <laughs> see-through mirror. She is fucking making out with him. It's... Horde. <laughs> Horde. <laughs> yeah, it's it like and the way it's lit, it's like kind of like late night Cinemax softcore yeah, softcore gross. porn. Yeah, sure, gross. It's yeah, it's really fucked up. Yeah, really, <laughs> really gross. <laughs> okay, okay. She's wearing bright red lipstick. Wouldn't that all have worn onto his face? And then when Frank comes in, he's like, "Hey, what the fuck?" So they are in cahoots. So luckily, there's no one watching. This isn't being recorded either. Yeah, yeah. audio or video. Imagine the, listening back to the tape recorder. Why are there just a bunch of Wet sounds. <laughs> like wet sounds. Also, you confessed in the middle of this thing, so. Oh, yeah. Right. So we cut to the dojo. The flower business is good. <laughs> so Markham is waiting there and in Duncan's office, and Richie, Duncan shows up, Richie's there, and he's like, hey, man, I don't know what to do. Like, he wanted to talk to you. He's in your office. And Mac oh is God. totally cool with it. Yeah. He's like, it's okay, Richie. I'm going to talk to him. And then <laughs> fucking this is Markham insane. pulls some shit. <laughs> Yeah, his kids are there. Right. Oh, maybe you can't talk to me, but you can talk to them. These are my daughters. You can explain why they are going to grow up without a mother. Which I mean, is this like, is intense, but I maybe get it, right? In a way. Maybe. No. <laughs> you don't think so? Okay. This is I mean, nuts. if someone you loved was murdered. Well, when we find the motivation oh, yeah, for yeah. the murder, I'm like, all this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> There's a lot that doesn't make sense. And Max just like I can't I can't do anything, and he just leaves. So that's that's my question. Is like Richie's like, hey, I, go talk to him. I'm really sorry. Max like it's totally cool. I'm gonna talk to the guy. And then the second Max sees the kids, he's like, oh fuck it, like I'm out. Like it's like <laughs> Never mind. I will not deal with this emotional manipulation. And he's like, tell them why you can't testify. They're waiting. <laughs> it's just Sonic the Hedgehog. Like I, I wish need more chili dogs. Yeah, I'm waiting. I wish Mac threw a sword across the room into Mr. Markham's but, chest. But then he couldn't try to bribe him. That's true. Also, that shop's doing okay if he's got $200,000 in liquid cash sitting around. To yeah. throw away? To give to Richie? I guess that's part of the loan? What? Like, what know. is this money? So maybe Richie... he's maybe he's got a side gig going on that he does uh-huh. not want to... He's the one really pulling the strings. That's right. Pull the string. So Richie won't take the money. Though he wants it. He right. wants to take that money. It would have changed my life. Just for telling the truth. And this is where the, the very interesting discussion comes up about kind of whose justice is important here. This is good. Should we play this clip? Yeah, let's play I, this clip. I like this clip. I wrote in my notes, I was like, finally, this discussion is like overtly being had yeah. with Mac. 200 grand, Mac. In my hand, just for telling the truth. You know what I could do with that kind of money? You didn't take it. Of course not. But I can't say I wasn't tempted. It would have changed my life. Yeah, I've gotten you killed. It's not about the money, Mac. It's about Markham. It's about his kids. The guy's tearing himself apart. Don't you think I know that? Then why in the hell can't we just help him? Because Kimman is mine. I don't get you, Mac. Sometimes you are unbelievable. You're the first one to talk about justice. 
the first one to talk about what's right. That's what this is about, justice. Damn it, for what? For a guy who died over two centuries ago? Time doesn't make any difference, Richie. What about Markham? What about his little girls? Kidman will get what's coming to him. Mac, you kill Kidman, you get satisfaction. Hey, it's not about my satisfaction. Yeah, right. He's done this for centuries. Bull, Mac. You kill him, they'll never know about it. They'll spend the rest of their lives thinking he got away. And that we let him. I know. And we just go ahead and live with that. Preach, Richie. Preach. Yeah. I don't know. Richie's really the voice of reason here. Yeah. I like it. And Mac's line about Kinman's mind is a like that's a very selfish line. I think. yeah. That line is not about justice. That's like I'm gonna get this guy because I want to get this guy. Right. That's not like some nuanced thing about like justice needs to be served, but it has to be administered in this way because of our weird situation. Even though I think we can read that into it, I think. Yeah, but like Mac might have a good point there, but he doesn't make it. He makes it he, sound he very makes selfish. It, he makes it sound very personal. Also, blatant contradiction with the previous episode, The Colonel, and right. the handling of that. And there's something just, Mac seems very in the wrong here. And Richie is right to let him have it. Also, the time changes nothing line seems to blatantly contradict the lesson we learn in... What's his face? Cage. Yeah. No, it's not Cage. Wait, is it Cage? Kieran and Cage. Kieran and Cage. Right, right. Yeah, like, what's the deal there? Their time does change things. I guess here, Kinman's still committing wrongs. Right. But... I don't know. It's odd. It seems to be the opposite. Yeah, if you, if you continue to commit wrongs, you then need to pay for the crimes you used to commit. But if you don't continue to commit wrongs, you don't have to pay the cri- for the crimes you used to commit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. like... Which I don't think is actually an indefensible position. No, but it's, it's a, not. But it's a weird position. I don't know if this is more consistent with how Mac usually is or is the same consistent. It's inconsistent with the previous episode. Yeah. I don't know if it's inconsistent with the whole thing, though. Right. Right. So we now cut to Markham's grocery store. And Mac is just kind of like, what's really going on here? Yeah, finally somebody asked. I had notes of yeah. that earlier in the episode. I was like, why did somebody try to kill this why guy? Why did like, what's up with this? man try to kill you? Yeah. So he took a loan from Petrovic. And Petrovic came back and was like, I want half of your business. Right. Which he refused to give him. So Petrovic called a hit out on him with this jet-setting immortal hitman. Doesn't he have like a local crew for this? Oh, and he said he didn't tell the police because... Petrovic said he would come after his kids. Once again, Markham's weird position here of like shitting all over Mac while but he's like, doing the same thing. But he's doing the exact same thing. Like, like you've he been just a, wants Mac to take the risk yeah, instead of him. Instead of him. So it he's not a very sense. he's not a sympathetic character really at all. And like he did not tell his wife that he did this bullshit and got her killed. Yep. So it's his fault. Yeah, it is. Like uh, this guy sucks. <laughs> I hate him more than Kinman and Petrovic. <laughs> He's a slime ball. He's not he great. has no personal responsibility for his shitty actions. And also this guy throws it in Mac's face. He's like, you couldn't understand what it's like to like be responsible for like getting someone you love killed. Oh, uh, like, oh, little do you could. know. That's right. Yeah. Ho-ho to your readers. <laughs> That's right. So we now cut back to the Metropolitan Police Station. Max doing the right thing by identifying Kinman, who makes a finger gun at him. <laughs> Which I thought this was a great use of the buzz. Because yeah. it's like, oh, he can't see us. See and anymore. then he fucking finger guns Mac. It's like, oh, that's so, so creepy. creepy. Yeah. That's great. I, I think this guy's got great screen presence. Like, this guy's very He's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, with the exception of that what's in my hand shtick with the exception of that he's pretty good i think yeah 
and the writing on him is strong. Sure. Even Brooks is like, are you sure it's him? It was dark. Right. Now that Mac came forward, she's trying to soften it. Yeah. And she's also trying to throw Markham under the bus. She's like, well, there's one more thing. She's like, Markham's taking out like a mortgage on his house or whatever, whatever it is. Like, she's like, people are saying that he was he paid paid you. Yeah. Or, and then he's paying Mac to, to testify. testify. Right. Yeah. So now Agent Ann. Or is that what the to... idea is? That's that's where that $200,000 came from. I think you're right. He may so, have taken out a line of credit or something. Yeah. So he gets a second mortgage on his house, gets the $200,000 with the intention to pay Mac off. So she's kind of right. Yeah. But he didn't take it. So, wow. Exactly. Crazy. Yeah. Now we're at the docks where Petrovic is at the docks again. And Petrovic is just walking to his car from where and just counting money out in the open. It's <laughs> so silly. Yeah. You know, criminal like, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're my bad man. <laughs> I'm the last guy you'd want to meet in a dark alley. With all my sharp dollar bills. So DM shows up. He warns him off to stay off Markham. After beating up his buddy Paul, or what's his name? Paul, yeah. Yeah, Paul. Brother Paul. Uh, so, Kyle, can you give us some like some legal explanation of uh, what Petrovic throws down here? So Petrovic is like, hey, it's okay, Joey. Uh, listen to the mouth on this guy. Yeah. Now, is it slander? It's Joey, yeah. Is, oh, it, is, it, is it slander or is or it libel? libel? <laughs> like, either one, accusations like that can get a person in a lot of trouble. trouble. And it's like, but I don't think either of these are true, right? Yeah. Like, well, like can you personally slander someone in a darkened alley <laughs> well, by a meat packing facility? The like, short answer is slander is spoken. Right. Libel is printed. Slander must be communicated to third parties. Oh, it's Joey. Joey, <laughs> Joey, yeah, uh, Joey, you hear what he's saying about me? He's yeah. libeling me. Uh, he's libeling me? Yeah. <laughs> Certainly no. However, it is essentially de facto slander or libel in most states to accuse someone of committing a crime. Oh. Like that is considered by definition to be of the insulting character to constitute slander. Well, you know, the libel false. laws in this country are terrible. Well, they need to be loosened. <laughs> we got to loosen up the libel laws. DJT. He's got to read that New York Times v. Sullivan, baby. That's the Supreme Court case setting the basic standard for First Amendment interaction between the Constitution and slander and libel laws. Mm. Anyway. Mac beats Joey so up. Mac kicks the <laughs> shit out of Joey. How hey, did Joey, Mac know where to find contender. this guy? I guess... Uh, He's just Markham told him. Or Markham. Yeah. That Mac did. Yeah. yeah. He bet. He Mac was hacking. This is the second episode where Mac just finds the bad guy. He's just hacking yeah. on the computer again. <laughs> Mac hasn't hacked in so long. Yeah. Master hacker. Oh, he's got to get back to Mackin. <laughs> All right. So we cut to the police station garage and Agent Brooks and Frankie Boy are leading Kinman out to be transported, I guess, to like some lockup facility or something. This has to be the same parking lot like in the previous the two episodes, lot, right? <laughs> and then she's trying to get him to go back upstairs. Oh, we I forgot, forgot these papers. You know how sore they get when we don't have the papers. They'll fax them to us. Also, did her, did her voice change? I have in my notes, like... She has I a le- southern I was accent. Like, I left the transfer sheets in my yeah. office. I was like, where, where are you fucking from? Dr. Lecter. Yeah. And then she's like, they'll be real mad. And he's like, let them be mad. <laughs> Let's go. And then Kinman is just like stalling for time. And then Frank turns around and she's got a gun on him with a suppressor. Uh, and he's and like she he goads her into shooting him. Yeah. And his death acting man <laughs> oh his death acting he's just like oh 
like his <laughs> eyes are gonna shoot out of his head and then he like <laughs> slides down across a wall and falls over it's amazing and kidman's just like i'm waiting <laughs> to be unhandcuffed uncuffed he's such yeah. an asshole it's great <laughs> like this guy's a little bit over the top but like in terms of like personality not in terms of like how much of an asshole he is but you know, it's not like the last guy who like, keeps spiders and yells all the time. <laughs> all right, so we cut back to Mac's new house, and Richie is letting him know that Kinman escaped from jail. Uh, he's like, oh, he killed an FBI dude, and he disappeared. And he's like, how do we stop a guy like that? And Mac is like, we don't, or whatever. We don't, we yeah. you. So Mac is planning on taking this guy out now. So Mac's like, I let him get away once, I won't do it again. Uh, and then he calls Richie Rich again. <laughs> Richie Rich. <laughs> Richie Rich. <laughs> also, I'd like to say when Matt goes off, he's like, hey, Rich, lock up the house. I'm like, for what? Like, <laughs> it's such a shithole. Yeah. Like, you got to keep vagrants out. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we cut to this empty country road or whatever. So what happens here, Eamon? Agent Brooks is scheming with kinman about how they're gonna spin this murder. And she wants him to rough her up. And handcuff her. And then after they're done that, she wants him to rough her up again and handcuff her right. and leave her on the street so that <laughs> it's a it's like a kidnapping. Right. And then he's like, well, I have a gun. I could just fucking shoot you. <laughs> and and then, then this is fucking intense and gross. They, like, make out. And he shoots her, like, he murders her while they're kissing. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's pretty fucking cold oh and she says she's going to retire from post-traumatic stress disorder right and then right they and then can they can live together, together and be happy like an forever and kevin's just like a lot of people to kill though oh there i go killing again yeah so we cut to markham's grocery store and mac is there trying to get markham to like leave town and mac's like oh i got a cabin in the country i guess that weird one on holy ground that he's got like the indian burial ground or whatever yeah, yeah, why don't you go there so now this is pointless. Yeah. It's yeah, it is kind of pointless. So then we cut again to this weird meatpacking warehouse and Kinman and Petrovic are meeting. And they're in just like a like they're surrounded by like hmm. frozen <laughs> cow carcasses. Cow cark. Just carne everywhere. Carne asada. So Kinman wants money to flee the country and Petrovic won't pay. Why does he want money to flee the country? I thought he wanted his payment for the hit. He wants his payment for the hit so he can flee the country. Right, right. Because he's a fugitive. But, but like Petrovic is like, I'm not paying because you blew it. You didn't yeah. do it. Yeah. And there were all these witnesses because, of course, there were. Yeah. yeah. Then he pulls his gun on him, and then suddenly Petrovic changes his tune. Yeah, Petrovic was like pretty bold meeting with this armed assassin alone. But I guess Joey's in the hospital or something. Yeah. <laughs> so he shoots him. Yeah. That takes care of Petrovic. Goodbye. <laughs> Gone. But then. Somehow Mac finds him. Yes. It's another, like, and then Mac's there. Yeah, Mac just shows up. Then Mac meets him in the (laughs) (laughs) meatpacking plant. Showdown. Uh, So is this the first? So they're, like, going in between, like, fucking carcasses or whatever. Mm. Is this the first immortal that is, like, fought with a gun? Like, outright? I don't. There's been for a second. He, like, changes his mind. No, he does. But, like, has there been another, like. I don't think so. I was so. just very confused by this, like, what he was doing. Like, just this, trying to, like, incapacitate him? Yeah. Or does Mac, like, does Mac use his own weapon against him? Is that what's going on? Mac goads him into oh. giving up the gun. Like, Mac uses that tool, that secret he learned from Quinman, to disarm him. Maybe? Is that the shtick? I, I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, that seems just, interesting. I like I, that. I, I'm just wondering why he gives up the gun. 
Right. Like, Quinman has the advantage because he's fucking shooting at Mac. And then right. Mac's just like, oh, why don't you? I thought you didn't fight for sport. Oh, uh, you want to fight me? Uh. And then he's like, oh, okay. And he throws the gun away. <laughs> yeah. He, like, loses his advantage. Yes. Quite voluntarily. Right. So Mac wins. Kind this of with fight... a similar move that Kinman killed Dennis with. Yeah, it is with. similar. This, this fight is kind of fun because they, like, throw carcasses at each other. Frozen carcasses are getting shot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's an interesting space for a let, fight. Mm-hmm. It's fast. It's definitely an interesting space. Th- it's it's a fast fight, but they make some okay use yeah. of the space. So let's talk about this quickening. Do you think it cooked all the carcasses? Oh, that's great. Oh, that's some cook- cook- I bet it smelled great in there. Yeah. It smelled delicious. This it's like a real Brazilian barbecue up in here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just like a weird kaleidoscope. Yeah. yeah, like what's up with the mirroring shit? I don't know. Uh, when no I was budget li- or like we don't know yeah, what to do. Budget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So Mac wins. That's that. There's some kaleidoscopic dual Mac effects. Mac effects. And all right, let's talk about the denouement. We go back to the grocery store with Mr. Markham. And Mac's back to just be like, yo, I killed him. Yeah, Mac's like, he's out of the meat business. It's like, wait, like, yeah. Petrovic's in the meat business? <laughs> like, that's his... news to me. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. Like, Petrovic is dead. Markham's just like, oh, it's a shame Kidman got away, though. And Mac walks away, pauses, and it's like, he didn't get away. Right. He, like, takes R.R.'s words to heart. And right. And like, I yeah. got you. And yeah. confesses to murder. Yeah. <laughs> like yes. that time he confessed to murder to Maurice. Remember that? Yes. And Maurice, Maurice was like, okay. Maurice and Maurice were, like, he and Maurice are bosom buddies. Sure. So. Right. They're BFFs. Like, who the fuck? This guy's a fucking hack. This guy's, this guy's terrible. No, he, this guy's like a wiener. Don't trust this man with your secrets. Yeah, who's to say, like, once the grocery store goes south for a little bit he won't like try to blackmail mac out of money like <laughs> that'd be an amazing return of he's Marco. illustrated he has no character like <laughs> i hate I, I, like, this through character. our rewatch we have taken the sympathetic father figure and he's like not torn sy- it torn him down yeah. like this man is a monster and he's no scruples yeah yeah well that's because it's, it's true because his innocence is paper mache yeah <laughs> he's a liar he got his wife killed he put his children in danger and he, he opened a business. He like, then, why yeah. did he? In, he in opened an, a business in, in his, on a loan. That yeah. wasn't like it was an existing business, right? Yeah. He was like, "Hey, I have this this fucking pipe dream of owning a fucking convenience store, like a bodega. Like, like I like, love a bodega. Let me go could, to the mob so I can make could, this I'm dream sure, happen. I'm sure he couldn't get mainstream financing. His credit wasn't good enough, so he went to a man. He, they in their desperation, they turned to a man that <sighs> they didn't fully understand. <laughs> A man uh, with a talent for brutality. Yeah. The thing that bothers me the most is the hypocrisy. Yeah. Because he was unwilling to come clean about his role in all this, but still and admits to bowing to pressure for fear for his family, but then is willing to use vi- threatened violence against Mac right. for not making the, deci- the very decision that he rejected. And he never owns up to his shitty behavior. No. Like, is he going to tell his kids? You should tell your kids why they're growing up without, why their mother's killer is going away. It's like, you should tell your kids why <laughs> yeah. they're growing up without a mother. Yeah. I didn't make these decisions for you. I saved your life. How about this? If I didn't save your life, you'd be dead and your wife would still be alive. And then I kill your true. kids. <laughs> yeah, what a shitbird. Markham is Fuck the you, greatest Markham. villain of Highlander. <laughs> he outvillains the Kurgan, Kane, Katana, all of them. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck Markham. Max should have cut his fucking head off. <laughs> this is, is not. That ex- was, is that extreme? <laughs> I was expecting my anti-Markham notes to be the hot take, but I'm glad to see that they were not. 
Or Uncle Markham. Um, <laughs> Uncle Markham? Auntie Markham. Oh. I'm really a Markist. <laughs> A Marcus. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, what like what a weird what a weird dud ending to this too. Well, and I hate I that like they're like friendly like handshake, which yeah. has no basis in reality. Like if I was Mac, I'd just like smack this guy in yeah. the face. I'd mac this guy in the face. Yeah. No, Mac should be like, look, I took care of this problem, but like, fuck you. Yeah. Every which way, but loose. <laughs> So that's this episode. That's this that's episode. Uh, I don't think we talked about this one that long. Is that in my head? No, it kind of breezes through. It's it's actually like an episode that doesn't have much of a plot. No, it moves fast. Yeah. I mean, there's some thirsty making out. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was more enthusiastic than I was expecting. So good. So good. That was my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> there's double crossing. There's the a lore. queen. There's a queen. Yeah. Croquet. croquet. What's there's not to sporting love? in this? It's uh, there's drinking, sporting, friends, fighting for sport. Mm-hmm. It's got it all, baby. Yeah. Five. It's a five. <laughs> this is a five out of five. Uh, well, why like, don't oh. I don't know? I think my fi- our final thoughts are summed up by my thoughts on Markham. I oh. think. Yeah. But well, guys, before we give our final thoughts, <laughs> why don't we play a little game? Okay, guys, we are going to play a little game of three and five. Nice. Right. So there are going to be five rounds, and the rules of the game are I'm going to name a category, and you must name three examples of whatever that category, whatever is. That category is in five seconds. And okay. you get one point for each one you get right, and two points for the third one you get right for a grand total of four points per round. Mm. It's very exciting. I'm very excited. Are we ready? Yes. Let's do it. Play him, and you're up first. Okay. Ready. Name three presidents who were assassinated or had assassination attempts. Lincoln, Kennedy, Reagan. Very good. Very good. That was great. Right away. Four. Kyle. Name three presidential assassins. John Wilkes Booth, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, Charles Guiteau. All right. Four points for you, too. We tied up. I was torn between him and Leon Sholgaz, but... Sholgaz. Sholgaz. Sirhan B. Sirhan, or is he attempted? He's attempted, and that was Bobby Kennedy. He was not a president. Whoops. Eamon, name three kings of England. Uh, Henry, George, uh, I don't know. Is George not a king of England? I'm dumb. Okay, you got two points. <laughs> All right, I'll give you two. Sure, there was a King George, absolutely. Okay, Kyle, name three queens of England. Elizabeth, Victoria, and... I mean, can I say Elizabeth again? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, I'm saying it again. There you go, the second. Oh. I was surprised, yeah, you could have just doubled down. Elizabeth, Henry the first, second, and third. third. Now fourth, it. fifth. All right, so King Henry Kyle, the eighth. <laughs> we few, we happy few, we band of brothers. <laughs> Amen. B.O.B. Name three famous TV FBI agents. Mulder, Scully. Uh, uh. Out. <laughs> you get two. Two. It's not, not bad. bad. Oh, Cooper. Was he FBI? Yes. From Twin Peaks. Agent Cooper. Oh, Twin Peaks. Yeah. Damn. I was like, from, from uh, Mad Men? I was like, no. He, he works in an <laughs> advertising company. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the third 
agent that was brought in on the X Files. Oh, on uh, in Twin Peaks. No, in X Files. Oh, in X Files. Sorry. Oh, uh, it's the I know one thousand guy. By I know his name. he's. Is it Millennium or is <laughs> yeah, that a different is, guy? Is it Millennium? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. Doggett. Doggett. Yeah. No, that's Doggett. 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 Yeah. Probably Roland Daggett. Daggett. Yeah. Roland Daggett. Batman villain. Very good. Kyle, the final showdown takes place in a beef slaughterhouse. Name three cuts of beef. Uh, uh, Rump roast, pork tenderloin, T-bone, shank, hanger. All right. You're going to get it, but uh, (laughs) one of your guesses was pork (laughs) tenderloin. Uh, No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Oh. You said pork tenderloin, tenderloin right in the middle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Whoops. I meant but, to say tenderloin. But you but... get it with, I think you said shank in, uh, at some point yeah, there. So you get you get the points. You made it. Really? I just meant to say tenderloin, but. Well, pork whoops. tenderloin. Pork tenderloin sadly does not count. Amen. They go to a foreign film festival in this TV episode. In this TV episode. In Amen. This TV episode. <laughs> in this TV episode, they see a moving picture. <laughs> That's right. On the TV screen with her eyeball sockets. Amen. Name three foreign films. Oh, Wings of Desire. Uh, Vim Vendors. Uh, fireworks and Sonatine. All fireworks right. other known as Hanabi. <laughs> Vim Vendors. I haven't seen Wings of Desire since like... I've never seen that movie. It's very good. It's very good. Kyle, you uncultured swine. Richie likes movies with Hasta la Vista. Name three Arnold movies from the 1990s only. The 1990s only. Last Action Hero, uh, Commando, Eraser. Yeah, I think that's that's three right there. Terminator 2, if you'll not accept that. I don't. When's Commando from? I thought it was from 1990, but. We gotta go to, you gotta check it. Also, I said Terminator 2, so we're at four. But but we were out of time. I said it, like, as you got to zero. Well, the judge, jury and executioner, you're out of time. Triple J. All right, we got to see when was Commando. Oh, sub game. Eamon, when did Commando come out? Uh, I don't know. 1989. 89. Kyle, when did Commando come out? I thought it was 1990. but Commando released in 1985. Whoa, way mama. Off. Way right, off. Fine, you're going to give me two? You're going to Hey, hey. Hey, all right, hey. fine. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. You're already rent winning, so, you know. Not by much, though. And finally, the last round. Mr. Eamon. Name three British villains from Highlander the series. British villains. Shit. Uh, Kinman. Uh, Killian. All right, you get two. No. Okay. That's hard. That's hard. I guess Hyde is another one. Was he English? Yeah, I think he was yeah. English. Kyle, name three British heroes from the series. Hugh Fitzcarran, uh, Amanda, kind of. Uh, <laughs> oh, Yeah. Uh, heroes. Who are the heroes? Who are you accepting as heroes? Here? I like any fr- friends, opposite of villains. Why are they like English? you know the good guys? Why are they English? Well, this episode was uh, very British. I don't know, and that was the question. What do you mean? Why are they British? No, I mean who are the English? Who's English? That are well, you acceptable. got you. Yeah, and who else? Um, I don't know if I get. I, we're we're still Wait, not sure. I, if, I, well, we're not sure if Amanda's uh, English know. or not. I, I'm not sure if any of the other good guys are English. So that's why I'm asking you to tell me. Who Let's they see are. who are other. <laughs> you didn't think about this before you wrote the question. Well, no, that's why I'm asking all these questions. This isn't. This isn't a game. This is just me wondering, <laughs> guys. Who knowledge. who were presidential assassins? I don't know. Now you know. I don't know. Kyle, we'll do. Let's do it again. Name three villains who speak with a or three. Name three <laughs> British heroes that speak with a British accent. Name three British. Sorry, name, name three Highlander heroes that speak with a British accent. Uh, Hugh Fitzcairn, 
Amanda. All right. And Rachel. Who's Rachel? Amanda's teacher. Rebecca. No, yeah. oh. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> All right. I, I don't even know how to score that last one. All right. Let's. You're only giving. But you wrote the you wrote one down. Because I don't know how to score. score it. We'll see how this. Let's see how this shakes out. Kyle, you're the winner <laughs> with, with 15 Kyle points <laughs> to Eamon's 14 points. So no matter how I scored that last round, round, you come out on top. Fair enough. But I'm pretty satisfied all my questions were answered. (laughs) (laughs) All right, who are British? Let's discuss. Who are British heroes in... uh, Who do we got? In Highlander? Yeah. Uh... Does uh, does Adarius count? Does Adarius count? He's clearly not British. Mythos? He's German. Mythos is like Roman. That, that exactly. speaks with a British accent. Yeah. yeah. All right, this is tricky. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I forgot all about Mythos, too. I was like, Mur. You got Rachel. Rachel! Rebecca. <laughs> it's Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know. Well, Dennis. Who's Dennis? From the episode oh, we guy. just talked about. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. He's a hero? Yeah. No, you're right. He's dead. I don't know if that means he's a hero. Well, I just meant like friends, good guys. Ally, maybe that would Allies. have been better. British heroes. The maybe Queen. we just learned that the the, the <laughs> British are mostly villainous. Yeah, that's I it. think that's what this game has taught us. Qu- well, that was a fun game. It fizzled out right at the end there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> good job, Keith. So, guys, final thoughts on this, Reluctant Heroes. This is an okay episode. This what about that title? How about Reluctant Heroes? It's, are no. they really reluctant? It's bad. The, the, they're <laughs> like they're like not reluctant. They're like intentionally yeah making these choices to like not come in and be heroic yeah, or not i don't know Mac thinks he's being heroic. yeah uh, yeah hmm. i mean they didn't hesitate to save grocer from being shot yeah very non-reluctant there yeah non-reluctant Mac very like non-reluctant <laughs> jones in to kill this villain so the name just doesn't make sense very luctant Luckton. They're, very, <laughs> They're luck- very luckton. <laughs> Is that a word? Luckton? Sure. <laughs> Leprechauns are very luckton. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's not bad. Like, I like the villain. He's got like some I fun, love the villain. I think he's, he's got great. some fun little FX to him. He's like not he's not too much, but he's a lot. There's some steamy makeout sequences. Oh, so steamy. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, I don't know, like the plot of this episode is dumb. Yeah, like the, but, he's a grocer. Why is he a grocer? Why can he be anything else? There's some weird plot elements to this. The whole FBI agent character, I don't get the. Meat this of, almost feels like this person had like an idea for a story, and then we're approached to do a Highlander episode. And we're like, this feels like mechanically they had some ideas ahead of time and tried yeah. to make it work. I don't know. I think this episode, the heart of what makes this episode good, is that dialogue we played with Richie and Mac. That is what's interesting. This kind of public versus private justice, making sure Markham knows that justice is served. That is the interesting moral question dwelling at the heart of this episode. And it just isn't given room to sing because of just a lot of noise around the edges. Like, I don't need Petrovic, really. I don't need Mac to be interceding on that in particular. Petrovic brings nothing to this episode. No. Except for his investment in grocery businesses. Yeah. Well, it's because he's got that meatpacking plan. He's like, I got to move this beef. Beef, He's like, we need a grocery store. This is a vertical integration (laughs) scheme. I control the beef. I control the supermarkets. (laughs) I control the world. 
Petrovic this, has a beef with Markham over at his true. grocery store. This episode, like, I loved the flashback stuff. Like, the costuming was great. I thought the dialogue in the flashbacks was, like, smartly written. Like, Way better than dialogue in the present. Yeah, I almost feel like this, this episode should have maybe taken a cue from the vampire. Like, that episode, to me, struck a great balance of, like, being a mostly flashback episode that, like, dealt with the problem a little bit in the future. But, like, it's mostly informed all by this past mystery. And it's like, maybe this should have really all played out in the past and... Let this future scenario be just very quick. And it's like, it could still kind of happen the same way, but like, get rid of the FBI agent, give her all that sort of stuff. And it's like, Mac needs to make a decision. And how's that going to, you know, and let that all play out very quickly. But like, the bulk of the, you know, moral conundrum exists in the past or something. I don't know, just because that was more interesting territory to me than this nonsense. But Les Markham would be great. Always Les Les Markham. Markham. Markham down. Markham down. Yeah. We need to mark down Markham. (laughs) It's true. Get one of those orange stickers and stick it on him. Also, what have been? What would have been like? I don't know if the FBI agent she did not need to be Kinman's lover. No, like it seems like this episode just facilitate. Like they they did that. I, I'm not sure why. Like maybe just to facilitate his escape, but also the escape could have been facilitated by the fact that they didn't have evidence to keep him. Because Mac didn't come forward. Right. And I also like the idea that, like, her having that flip out with the gun while being insane is also another, like, great argument for this, like, bizarre form of justice. Like, she's battling with this, too. Like, I know it was you. Somehow I'm not able to catch you. And I could kill you right now. And in some ways that would be some sort of justice. But I would ruin my life in the process. Right. And, like, she's now in a similar situation. Like, there's this idea of, like, well, what is just and what, what is it worth and what are the costs of it? And so I, I think they could have kept that in there almost. And mm-hmm. now it would be even more tragic. It's like, Mac, if you don't come through and testify against this guy, like, she might go off the fucking rails and ruin her own life to do something that you're not willing to do, which I think is compelling. It could be interesting. Yeah. They don't explore it. No, they don't explore it. It's all bullshit. But, like, they don't need her to be his lover for any good reason. And then, of course, he can just get out of prison or, you know, jail in this sense just because nobody came forward. And they still can't pin it on him. So Maybe no one saw him run into that thing. But then why were there cops in there? Mm. It's funny because when she has her gun to Kidman's face, he, he says, what are you doing? And she says, just doing my job, cleaning up the streets. And then her fate is dirtying up the streets by her corpse being left there. That is wow. That's well, sad. when you put it that, that way, yeah. that's sad. like poetry. That in is territory. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it could have covered. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to Did watch. You just see a street sweeper yeah. cleaning up her body. He's like trying to broom, trying to broom her, her corpse away. I'm just here to clean up the streets, doing my job, cleaning up the streets. <laughs> cleaning up the streets. Yeah, what a dud ending to this episode, too. I yeah. Man, yeah, there's stuff in this episode I love. Yeah, I killed him. I like that hardcore croquet match. Yeah, who's gonna get it? Who's gonna get it? The wicket, the wicket was too too small or too big. Or the ball might have been too big. The ball was too Mm. big. Mm. That happens to you. Seek medical attention. (laughs) That's right. This is like a solid B of an episode. What do we think of the moral question this episode asks? I think it's great. It's a good because question. It's, it's very core to the game. Mac often has to wrestle with this question of what do you do with. A immortal wrongdoer who has in part wronged mortals. What do you do with them? Who is the appropriate judge for them? What does justice look like for them? In what way does their immortality factor in? And actually, of several of the episodes we've talked about recently consider this exact question, but they never talk about it overtly. They're always dancing around it, and like right. no one ever counters whatever Mac has to say. 
even as it turns out, Mac often takes un- contradictory approaches on this. But so like I think that is a good moral question, which includes both mortal and immortal components. It's like Mac doesn't really end up having to really deal with any implications around this question. Like, he gets to have his cake and eat it, too. That's the thing that's annoying, is he goes to testify, but then he still also gets to fight right. Clement. Like, he doesn't make a... Ends up not There's making... No sacrifice. He doesn't end up compromising, really, in the yeah. end. Yeah. That's annoying. Also, no growth or consequence. Mm-hmm. What ultimately makes him go do it, too? Like, what ultimately makes him go testify? It doesn't seem like anything. Or agree to testify. Yeah, when does he do it? After he talks to... Markham the second time and he comes clean. Why would that make him want to testify? I don't know. That, that would make me, me want to not testify. It's like, oh, fuck you, bro. Like, I don't understand the journey that Mac is on. Yeah. And, like, it certainly it wasn't Richie who convinced him. Like, Richie lays out a very good case for why this is right. And it is clearly not that which convinces Mac. Like, Mac dismisses that. Mac goes when he hears the story about Petrovic. Why is that any more compelling? I don't, I don't know. Than anything else. Maybe no. because now he can save him from Petrovic? I don't no. know. Just weird side note. That doesn't... like. But, like, why Why wouldn't the kids fucking be like, I have soccer in the fall and I keep my mom... Okay. Like, why did that not convince him? Yeah. I mean, he, like, literally told those kids to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish he did. Odd side note, just a thread that's dangling. This whole, like, he's that good thing. Yeah, that that's like, it doesn't quite pay off in any way. Like, I don't... I'm like, Mac seems to dispatch him pretty easily. Like, I don't get the impression that Mac finds this guy very challenging. No, and that's even continued just, in the present. Like, Mac says, I'm going to take him. At, like, if I don't come back from this f- fight, like, Richie's like, well, what do I do? And he's like, get a bus out of town. Like, get out of here. You can't deal with this guy. So I, I don't know. Yeah, that was just interesting. Because I didn't find this man very threatening. Maybe no. maybe Markham could have come in and shot fucking Kinman at the end and, like, Helped give Mac the upper hand. Like, they both no. get their justice. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't I'm, not, like I'm not 100%. I'm spitballing, bro. I'm spitballing. <laughs> part of me would have enjoyed also if, like, Richie was a little more involved in this because he initially seems involved. And he and, just like, disappears. Then Richie just ceases to be involved in this yeah. thing. Richie doesn't get to do much. As, as always. As always. But, like, it would be interesting if he's, like, tangling with someone who's a little beyond him and, like, Richie has to figure out what to deal with it, how to deal with it. Like, there's something interesting there but i don't think that fits into this episode necessarily it's just an odd dangling thread which seems to only be relevant insofar as richie is the one dealing with him because when it's mac and kinman i wasn't really like worried for mac or anything right like when he fought grayson they might find a way to make that worrying this doesn't feel that way nope so speaking of this final fight we should play this clip of Bill Panzer and Adrian Paul talking about why the final fight maybe looks a little, as we've said, short on this. Well, Neil, who was supposed to direct the episode, directed most of the episode and then had a car accident without shooting. I forget the last couple, three scenes, whatever, didn't couldn't do them. I did director got hit by a truck or a car, I believe. Oh, no, he got in a car accident and cracked his sternum, I think it was. He turned green on set and was like, okay, continue. <laughs> so somebody said, Adrian, would you mind uh, just stepping in? I said, sure. Usually in this situation, what you would do is you would have the guy who is prepping the next show, which is going on simultaneously, you'd have him step in and do the last day or whatever it was. In this case, we decided to have Adrian do it. 
That's interesting. Crazy. That's nuts. Adrian Paul does not sound sympathetic at all to this man's yeah, plight. Right. He seems pumped that he's like, oh, I get to direct. Cool. Yeah. I could continue. <laughs> like mocking this poor person who has he's, a sternum injury. He can deal with two L's. He can deal. That's true. He can deal with two L's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's supposed to deal with two L's. You can deal with two L's. Because I remember thinking that, like, I had notes when I watched the episode thinking, like, wow, what a cool location. Like, they didn't seem to do much. Like, like, they should have at least chopped a meat in half. Sure. Or, like, I thought the camera would, like, float between. Like, there's not a lot of, like, they've got all these cool, like, alleys of alleys mm. of meat, if that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Like, there's, like, it's, it's definitely good fodder for cool camera moves and, like, sneaking around and just some cool stuff. Uh, and it kind of doesn't happen. And there's the explanation. Because, uh, yeah, they kind of had to film this stuff on the fly. <gasps> Wouldn't they have prepped continue. those shots already, or no? Maybe not on a well, show like this. Well, I don't know. Or just Neil had prepped them like and knew about them in his head. There's some more on the behind the scenes where Adrian Paul's like, well, I did it the best I could. I tried to make the shots as like interesting as I could, but we only had a little bit of time. Mm. So like, I don't think he thinks it you know, necessarily lives up to like what it could be, but they did the best they could. Makes sense. I mean, I don't think it's like awful or anything, no, but but it's fast. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a shorter fight, and maybe it was maybe that's why the quickening is a kaleidoscope. It could be. I mean, like, who knows what was originally planned in that scenario? But if they didn't really have all the camera work mapped out, they were like, "Well, fuck it." Like, it was just, all just in Neil's brain. Yeah, Neil's brain. Neil Breen. Neil, Neil Breen. Breen. Yeah, I can continue. <laughs> it sounds like old man uh, McLeod. Oh yeah. Ramirez, Ramirez, I can continue. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he had a sternum cracked. Yeah, that's what, that actually. It wouldn't surprise me. He was old. Yeah, and he did get hit by Corda and Reno. That's true. true. Yeah, he just get hit by that car, or that truck, a little bit later. Yeah. Corda Reno, I need you. Corda <laughs> Reno, I need you. We ready to rate this motherfucker? Let's rate it. Rate it, Keith. How many continues would you give this episode? Uh, I will give this, I'm going to give this a three. I really like the flashback a lot, and I, li- yeah. I like this villain a lot. If they had given him some more interesting shit to do, if this guy was a season-long villain, I'd be like, I'm into this guy. Especially with his, like, allure of being, like, so good. Like, I, I want to explore more with this. I want to explore more with him. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe um, he beats Mac and gets away. Sure. Uh, no, he just seemed, like, he had a great screen presence, a very, uh, we were talking off mic earlier about like silence of the lambs like this guy has a silence of the lambs vibe to him i think uh he's very creepy i think so creepy creepy creepy, and he has an accent yeah silence of the lambs i'm talking about there you go (laughs) that's all you need game set i don't know yeah and i think uh it posed great moral territory and i'm glad richie got to like shove it in max's face that was great deserved yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah, bummer that it doesn't shake out. Like this, this should be a real. Like this could be a home run episode, and it's a bummer that it's uh, it's maybe not. Uh, and Markham is just a like kind of shithead. And, well, it like, gets bogged down with like weird, more season one esque details that have no place here. Yeah, and like, it's another first time writer, and I'm kind of curious. Like, does that really hurt the show? Like, I feel like these writers and directors that have worked with this material seem to like do a very good job. Uh, like, all David Tynan's episodes, for the most part, are great. Uh, what was his last one? The Double Eagle, I think? Which Probably. is a comedy episode, but, like, does a great job of being a comedy episode, I think, because he's so familiar with the relationships and the characters. and Right. Jang. Ma Jang. Ma Jang. I love that Ma line. Jang. So, yeah. Uh, maybe it's new writer syndrome that this show is kind of suffering from, that mm. it's stumbling a little, so... 
I don't know. Kyle, how many croquet wickets would you give this? Ooh, I give this three wickets. Honestly, if I was breaking this down, I would say all the flashbacks are 3.5 and the present is a 2.5. Put them together and what have you got? Three wickety wickety woos. All the stuff in the past is great. I think I agree that the writing in the past is really stellar. And like this guy's just unbelievably arrogant attitude, especially mirrored with the costuming and all that stuff, just feels perfect. It like doesn't I just think part of it is that those qualities just don't read as well in the present because like we have an idea in our head of like the snooty English noble like that's a thing that we can live with. We don't have the th- idea in our head of like the snooty English assassin. That's weird. Like I also just think there's some structural issues with like boy how the mighty have fallen. Like this guy used to play croquet with the queen of England and now he's like a like a, a chump hit, assassin. He's like, like a hitman for a meat packer like i don't understand yeah. what his deal is like i don't there's like no prestige to him yeah no i agree like that is gone like he used to it's seemingly like he used to be a player on like an international stage and now he's trying to kill a grocer poorly <laughs> i don't like <laughs> yeah no it's kind of a yeah he's he should be more powerful than yes and like that would also solve a lot of the problems we have with this markham character because he's just like a grubby, selfish, hypocritical little nobody. And, you know, that doesn't seem equal to what this is. Mm-hmm. Also, side note, good mirroring, I think, in the International Film Festival. Because it's also about like this high-class, snooty versus common culture oh. war. They set it out right from the beginning. That's interesting. Good on them. Yeah. That's my thought. Mm. Three wickets. Give it a watch. Three wickets, but a very enjoyable experience. Mm. Three wickets. John Wick. It's and Richie is also my favorite Hasta La Vista (laughs) movies, which are like fucking shoot the bad guy. Yeah, which is shoot the bad guy. Yeah, Yeah. we got your kid, Matrix. That means you gotta help us, right? No, (laughs) (laughs) he's dead tired. (laughs) I love that. Amen. How many ales to Dennis would you toast this episode? Uh, I think I think three is three is the number for this. I, I don't are have, we all in agreement? Yeah. I think we are. Triple threes. Triple threes. It's a triple threat. Markham, I hate Markham, <laughs> loses a star. He's He might be my least favorite character in this series. Wow. I hate him so much. That's rough. Well, That's rough he loses Markham. a whole star, so this would be a four, but for Markham. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but I really do hate him. Like, he uses his kids... That's a, that's a he doesn't take blow. any responsibility for his actions and getting his fucking wife killed. <laughs> he got disarmed by Mac. Yeah. In just like the most embarrassing fashion. Yeah, he doesn't really think things through. I mean, besides opening a business with no maybe no fucking supermarket experience, going to the mob, pulling a gun yeah, in he, a police parking lot like been he's to lots of supermarkets. Yeah. <laughs> but like he's yeah. full of bad decisions, especially mm-hmm. pulling a gun in a police parking lot. Yeah, yeah that's a mistake. Boo. Boo Markham. But yeah, Boo I wish Markham. Richie did more. The FBI plot is stupid. Yeah, Richie should have been involved more. Yeah. Have. He just disappears. Yeah. yeah, after delivering some serious burns on Mac, like he like sears him. Yeah. And he's like, "All right, bye." Yeah, and also it's no really set up early like Richie's there. ready to take on him yeah. and mac is like no you can't do it like that's perfect setup for like no richie's got to do it like mm-hmm. because yeah. mac is refusing to and it's like no i'll take care of this business like mm-hmm. we're gonna do it my way and maybe richie's way is like some unconventional weird way where he's able to like split the hairs and yeah mm-hmm. so close no matter how far <laughs> 
Doesn't reluctant matter. heroes. That's right. Reluctant heroes. I'm gonna drink another reluctant bureau. <laughs> reluctant bureau. Well, is that all we have to say about this episode? Probably. I think so. Very good. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this week's episode. Again, make sure to head on to iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe if you haven't already. If this is your first Highlander rewatched episode, um, we cover all things Highlander, including interviews with the cast and crew, which is a lot of fun. And make sure to like us and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Join us next week where we will be talking about season four, episode nine, Wrath of Kali. Ooh. Wrath of Khan? Yes, Wrath of. Golly! Yeah, that's it. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Amy. Bye. Bye. Keith, how many continues would you give this episode? Off, off mic. I don't... What, what is that reference to? I can't continue. Oh, <laughs> I, I get, continues okay, in video games.